everyone back to another exciting and interesting episode of the Media Boat Podcast. This is episode 329, I want to say. Something like that. Something like that, possibly 330. Um, my name's Mike. His name's Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us on this wonderful Friday evening. Uh, you don't know that because this is a recorded show, but thank you for joining us. This is another edition of the Media Boat Podcast. All the things he said are true. This one will probably be a short one as this is a road day for us, as they say in baseball. We are both traveling out of town this weekend. So this is a little bit of a uh, last uh, recorded remote show until we go back to a normal schedule, maybe next week. Actually, no, probably no, not. No, next no, week. not even next Two week. weeks. <laughs> Two weeks from now, we'll go back to normal. A couple more weird, weird remote ones, but eh, yes, we'll eventually get back to fling where we're yes. being flung across everywhere. Flung. Yes. So uh, this is episode three twenty eight. We are the Media Boat yes. Podcast. For those yes. of you that don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, one, thank you for finding us. Two, you are in store <laughs> for a treat. Are you in treat for a store? <laughs> You're at the treat store. Yes, welcome we're, to the treat store. We talk about store. movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. Yeah. That's the proper intro. That's the proper intro. Sorry, I didn't realize you didn't do it. I assumed you did. So I assumed um... I did too. <laughs> but I went straight into the episode number. You did. Anyway, well, let's get started then. Uh let yes, him... clearly we have this wrapped down after 300 plus episodes. So but why don't you introduce the first segment? Yes. Uh, we always start with the music segment, and we start with the billboard, and we start the billboard with the Hot 100, and coming in at number one this week, First Class by Jack Harlow. Yeah, your new number one, uh, Dethroning Heat Waves and Harry Styles. Yeah, I don't know what this is. I've not heard this. This is Jack Harlow, First Class, not to be confused with Degrassi, First Class, and also (laughs) X-Men. First class. Right, yeah, no first other first classes. Yes. And number two, as it was by Harry Styles. Yes, Coachella headliner Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. At three, Heat Waves by Glass Animals, still in the top five. Coming in at four, Big Energy by Lotto. And rounding out your top five, Enemy by Imagine Dragons and Jid. Yep. As for your Albums chart your Billboard 200 at number one, 7220 by Wolderp. Back at number one after a brief dethroning last week. Rising to number two, Dangerous the Double Album by Morgan Wallen. <sighs> Coming in at number three, Encanto by various artists. At four, Fear of the Dawn by Jack White. And rounding out your top five, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. So a big week for people named Jack on the top fives. Yep, Jack Harlow and Jacques White. <laughs> Jacques. 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 If you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. We do. Uh, so you can listen to Alpha Games by Block Party, Parade by Front Person, Forgiveness by Girl Pool. Blue Water Road by Kehlani. 
Emotional Eternal by Melody's Echo Chamber, Palomino by Miranda Lambert. It's here. It's finally here. Yes, that Miranda Lambert. Right in time for Stagecoach. Zeit by Rammstein. Yes, that Rammstein. Yeah. Every Shade of Blue by The Head and the Heart. Mahal by Toro E. Moy. Moi. 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 <laughs> and a new album titled A Beautiful Time by Willie Nelson. Yes, that Willie Nelson yeah. is still putting out albums in the year of our Lord 2022. Is he going to be at Stagecoach? I don't believe so, but he's going to have his own um, co-headliner with uh, Casey Musgraves at um, the Rose Bowl in the summer. I see. No shocker. Tickets already purchased. <laughs> you didn't even have to tell me. I figured. You just doesn't. It was oozes out. But yes. Willie Nelson with a new album. Yeah. Still kicking. And still jamming, apparently. <laughs> still jamming, exactly. All right, so let's get into some music news. And we've got so much music news that we're going to wrap it all up into the bits. Indeed. And we'll start with Justin Bieber and uh, Dan and Shay are hit with a lawsuit over the Grammy winning hit 10,000 Hours. Yes, so just a brief, brief information about this beyond the headline. I guess it's from a song that doesn't even have an art, that's so obscure, it doesn't even have an artist attached to it. Like, it was never properly released, but it was written and published from 1980. And it's the publisher that's coming after them here. They did consult a music licensing expert on the subject. And that expert says that there is valid, val a valid reason to question uh, the song. So the publisher has the song rights yeah. to a never released song, yeah. never published song. But they still want credit for the songwriters, basically, because they believe that it is the same song, more or less. For songwriters or producers? Uh, and maybe everyone involved. I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird one of these, because typically you see an artist involved and there's no artist involved in this claim so it's definitely one of the weirder ones i've encountered right i mean typically when we see some of these lawsuits <laughs> it's this artist suing this other artist but not this time right so, I mean, plus i don't believe justin bieber and either dan Aaron, or shay were alive in the 80s you're probably right <laughs> to the um influenced by it Feel this song, especially but, if it was never released, how could they know of it? Well, in the court of law, I'm sure a lawyer would point out that there are plenty of songs that they're aware of before their birth, and two, that any song available, like, like would be available through the internet at this point. So th yeah, they would probably poke holes. Correct. I, I don't know for sure. It's the article did not say, so I was like, all right, well, I've come to my own conclusions here. I don't know. It doesn't seem like they have much of a case. So I wouldn't think that we're going to see much of this, but if we if it does pop up again, I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure we'll talk about it. <laughs> probably 
We won't talk about it for 10,000 hours. <laughs> and next story. ASAP Rocky. Yes, that ASAP Rocky who's supposed to be in jail. Apparently released <laughs> on $550,000 bail following an arrest of a shooting uh, of shooting allegations. Yes, these allegations came from t- November of 2021 when he was involved in mm-hmm. in, uh, in a shooting. Um, so yeah, uh, this is typical celebrity stuff. Immediately goes in, immediately gets paid to get out. Not surprised. Uh, also, may or may not be surprising who you talk to, Janelle Monet comes out as non-binary. Quote, I just don't see myself as a woman solely. And yeah. So one note about this. Um, according to representation, as of the writing of this article, Janelle Monet's pronouns are still she, her, regardless of this new decision. So we that's what we will use going forward unless she specifies otherwise. Um, but yeah, um, this is, as you mentioned, not too surprising if you've been following her. In the past, she's put up a lot of... Uh, social media posts where she let her fans know that she was questioning it. Like for a few years now, I believe starting in like 2018, she started posting her thoughts about uh, her relationship with her gender. So now it's official um, and, you know, good for her. Uh, makes a lot of sense and um, keep trying to figure it out is what I say. That's my advice to everybody. Keep, keep figuring out who you are. It's worth that. It's worth that discovery and you're going to be more comfortable and more confident on the other end. Right, because some people may remember Janelle Monet from yeah. Hidden Figures, which yeah. was, I think, in 2019. Right. Or just from the constant music that she's put out. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's everywhere these days. She's uh, putting out a, yes, she a, a book now, like a book based on the universe, a science fiction book based on the universe she created in her albums. Mm-hmm. She's fascinating, fascinating person. So, fascinating. Cool. Also fascinating the MTV Video <laughs> Music Awards, that they are still a thing. They're still a thing. And they'll be airing live from New Jersey on August 28th. Yeah, this is notable because they have a date and also that they keep changing the venue for these things. Um, so this year will be from New Jersey. It seems like they are still uh, planning an in-person proper VMAs. Um, who knows who will be this year's big winner? Of course, last year was the big uh, coming out party, no pun intended, for Montero, Call Me By Your Name, uh, for Lil Nas X. So that was the big winner last time. So we'll see. Yep, and we'll see um, if what their restrictions are for that. Yeah. Because everyone knows, as Hamilton finally put it, everything's legal in Jersey. <laughs> In other mm-hmm. news, rapper Pooh Shiesty has been sentenced to 63 months in prison after pleading guilty to firearms conspiracy charge. So yeah, we won't see Pooh Shiesty for a while, unless he pulls an ASAP Rocky and gets a bail immediately. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, but you know, 63 months is five years, just over five years. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So we'll see. Um, means next album out is 2027, just in time for the 2028 Olympics. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's what he's going for. That's what, yeah, that's what he does. Um, we also have that BTS announced a new album with the tagline, We Are Bulletproof. 
Yeah, not sure if that's the name of the album or just what they're going to, to marketing with for it, but hey, we're entering into a new BTS era, so get ready. The army, I'm sure, is prepared. Ah, uh, you get it? Army, bulletproof. Speaking of new albums, Kendrick Lamar announced a new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, which is going to be due out in May. Okay, so a couple notes about this. This is probably the biggest story of the week. Uh, of course, we've been waiting for a new Kendrick album for four years at this point, if not longer. Um, he made a brief appearance in the uh, Super Bowl halftime show this past January to show that he's still around. Um, he's guested on a couple of songs uh, from other rappers this year. But this is the first news of an actual new record and coming out in a month, which is kind of a big deal. But it doesn't seem to be under his name proper, or at least that's what the, it seems that he's hinting at. Um, there was a new website that he has created for this release. In the release, he does not re refer to himself as Kendrick Lamar at any time. His Twitter handle is still that, but no knowing if that's what he's going to, for, like, going to do it. He also said that... It is that, that the only news about the album will be released through himself and that he's not going like so he's not going through proper usual marketing channels to market this. So who knows? Uh, it's a very strange rollout. But regardless, it's new music. And regardless of what he records under, whatever name it ends up being under, it's still him. Um, so yeah, look forward to new material next month. Uh, record as silkier sonicer. <laughs> I hope not. I hope it has nothing to do with that. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, our last story that we'll talk about in music <laughs> is about a breakup. Is it? Not the kind you think of. Because Kid Cudi has confirmed that <laughs> his last song has been recorded with Kanye West. Quote, he's not my friend. So... <sighs> This has been a long time coming. They've had a complicated relationship over the last few years. If you watched, and we did. Since kids see ghosts? Yeah, we, we watched that uh, that documentary uh, about Kanye on Netflix. Uh, there is footage of him recording with Kanye, and they seem to have been getting along. But over the last couple of years, specifically, it looks like that relationship has been strained. And today, with the release of the new Pusha T record, marks the last song that will have him and Kanye on the same track. It is on this record. He says that it was recorded over a year ago, which goes to show you how long this Pusha T record has been cooking. Um, and that, yeah, he has not really talked to Kanye at all, and he doesn't refer to him as a friend. So, uh, yeah, seems about right. Seems like probably the right decision for him to make. Um, and yeah, I get it. I wouldn't want to talk to Kanye either. <laughs> so. all right uh that's what we have for news did you yeah. listen to anything speaking of i did in fact listen to that push a t record um looking for something to listen to today and i noticed that that came out bit of a surprise release it wasn't on our calendar last week but i guess that he was like all right it's done put the thing out um, it's a Pusha T record, and if you know what that means, uh, if you know him, you know what that means. It's like very kind of dark and moody uh, production. In fact, speaking of Kanye, he produces five, I believe, of the 11 tracks here. The rest produced by Pharrell Williams, um, 
in back in producer mode after being a solo artist for a little bit there. Um, and um, it's a lot of songs about cocaine <laughs> because that's what Pusha does. I am <laughs> he writes songs. <laughs> he writes songs about selling and cooking and uh, 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 cocaine, and that's what these songs are. But they're pretty good. It's one of the better, but uh, one of the better rap records I've heard in a while. The production's good. Kanye appears a couple times to do a couple of awkward sounding verses and brings the whole affair down. But when he's not there, it's an enjoyable time. Um, I think it's it's it sounds really good. There's some really good beats on this thing, and and Pusha T just keeps coming up with new ways to rap about cocaine. And for that, I applaud him because he's the only one doing it anymore, to my knowledge. And he just keeps doing it. I mean, I mean, listen to it. So Gunna is over here bragging about how he's pushing pills, I guess, whatever the P stands for. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> point. Uh, but but Pusha T knows his bread and butter. His bread and butter is crack cocaine. So <laughs> there it is. So yeah, it's out uh, today. It's it's a good time. If you've been waiting for a good rap record, here here is one. And wait till next month for Kendrick. Then there's more. So there you go. Yep. Um, I guess we should mention that Coachella did happen last weekend. Yeah, that's kind of the other kind of shadow big news story is that Coachella is happening. I say happening that's because it is. We too started today. Um, so if you're there, hello from the desert. Hi. Hi from the desert. Yes. Also, hi from my couch watching the YouTube live stream. Yes. So, we, how much of this of uh, the live stream did you end up watching last week? I watched uh, about three or four streams. Uh, I think I covered about, yeah, about three or four bands, but they're all on Friday. I didn't watch any Saturday. Yeah. Or okay. I watched a couple on Saturday and Sunday. So, I watched Carly Rae Jepsen on Friday. Uh, you will be missing her in real life, but. It was a good set, and she uh, put and did her her first performance of her new single, Western Wind, of the album of the same name. Still unknown release date for the single or the album. It seems like that she said soon on social media channels, but from what I heard in the live performance, I like it, but it is different. Um, it seems like it's a little bit less like in the synth pop realm that she's usually working in, it's more of more kind of pared down pop. I would compare it to something on the little bit more poppy side of Casey Musgraves or something a little just a bit more, or something actually um, that came to mind when I was listening to it was Solar Power era Lord, which sounds like a bad thing because we didn't like Solar Power. It's a better song, I think, than Solar Power, but it gives the same vibes which is what reminded me of. Very chill, very relaxed. A different kind of Carly than we're used to. So I thought it was interesting. But the rest of the show, I mean, she knows how to put on a good show. It was a very similar set list to when I saw her last uh, a few years ago. And yeah, still great. Still kick, still kicking butt out there. So good to see Carly. Yep. I was able to catch uh, Still Woozy. Okay. That was a shocker. Um, <laughs> not planning on watching him or the band, but yeah, ended up liking it. Okay. Right. I saw an interview with him, um, and I was like, okay, I don't know about this guy. 
Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. Um, watched a little bit of uh, Harry Styles because I won't be seeing him. Mm -hmm. uh, just like the first front of it. Yeah. It was loud. Coffee. Sure. Yeah. I was also like tired by that point because we went on at like, midnight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would do it pretty much. Then that night, um, I watched uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Yes, I did watch that. As yeah, well. pretty much the same show that she did when I saw her um, late last year um, at the uh, Hollywood Bowl. Hollywood Bowl, is that where I saw her? No, I saw her at the The Greek? Grove? Greek, thank you. I saw her at the Greek. Um, and yeah, um, still still great. If you like Phoebe, uh, she kicks ass in that show. Um, so I guess if you're going, that's a must do, even though it's kind of late. Um, yeah, I was uh, surprised how much I actually enjoyed that show. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, she's great. And um, she did also had a new single, um, liked it a little less. <laughs> Wasn't super exciting. Uh, but yeah, if you like her, uh, she did all the hits, and it's what you'd expect her to do. Um, talking and talking to some people who actually who went and saw some other bands, Danny Elfman seems to be the hit. What <laughs> are you talking about? Yeah, there's a lot of headlines about him taking off his shirt and the audience going going insane. We started playing the Simpsons theme song. I mean, it's I what mean, you think you're getting with him. Uh, yeah, but that's the thing. I don't think people realize how big Danny Elfman is in a composer's downfall. Yeah, how many songs he has under his belt that people know. So yeah, I guess check that out. <laughs> oh, he's on the list. Him and Mainskin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Eurovision, Eurovision winners, Mainskin. Yes. Monoskin, I think is how it's pronounced. Maybe. I'm calling it Mainskin. Yeah, Monoskin. Um, Moving on to Saturday and Sunday, uh, which we already kind of touched on. Um, I saw Beach Bunny's set Saturday afternoon. I really like Beach Bunny. I think that it's a really, really fun time. If you like kind of breezy indie pop, that's exactly the perfect vibe for Coachella. And I thought they put on a great show. So I would recommend that. Um, I did not catch it live, but I saw on the Twitter sphere, which when you go look for it, during the 88 and Rising um, section, Utara Hikaru yes. popped up. Yes. For a brief, like, 12-minute set. Yes, they of um, Kingdom, Hearts, Kingdom fame. Hearts fame, among many other uh, Japanese language uh, pop hits. Yes. They, I believe, I believe they, are there. I believe, I believe, wait, I need to check that, because I feel like, I could have sworn that there was something with that. Oh, there's something about that being yeah. Maybe let me double check. But uh, but yeah, um, definitely heard that that was a really good set. And of course, simple and clean was at the very top. <laughs> right. Well, plus all the other um, intros since um, yeah, uh, as of June. Yes, as of June last year. They use they them pronouns. So there you yes. go. Fun fact. But thank you, internet. <laughs> thank you, internet. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, I bet that would be probably fun if you're a fan of 
their music and and want to revel in the new announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4, where surely they're going to write a new song. Yes, but because it was not a um, set time that she was not scheduled to be billed, not sure if, um, if, yeah. if they will appear weekend too. Oh, I didn't mention um, also on Friday, I believe. Yes. Also on Friday, they will not unfortunately be uh, playing this weekend, but I did see the Arcade Fire set, which was a bit of a surprise. Who boy do they put on a show? Um, uh, lots of <laughs> thumbs. Was not expecting that. Oh, yeah. Wynn Butler is just a sailor man. <laughs> Never know with those Canadians. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it, it's a, it was a really fun show. They, they also played some new songs, a couple of new songs off the record that comes out next week. Or no, no, not next week. Uh, two, two weeks, yeah, two weeks yes, from now. Because they're um, headlining with Kim Benedict Cumberbatch on SNL yes. Yes. Uh, that weekend of May the 7th. Yeah. Because yeah. Dark Strange comes out that same week. Right, May 6th is when their record comes out. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, they won't be back for this weekend. But uh, but yeah, it was it was really, really fun. And they played all the songs you'd want them to play and ignored the songs that you don't want them to play. So there you go. Um then who else? Who else? Yes, but I don't know. Like I felt like I liked all their songs. Yeah. And then Doctor was like, they're okay. Like, but <laughs> like I don't really like them that much. And like, wait, they were gonna play their hit at the end. And yeah. then they played the hit at the end. They're like, oh they know they have know to end song. every they have to end every show with wake up. They know yes. that. They, they know, know that they're professionals, they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, oh, it's that band the entire time. Trust me, for for someone like me, a, a, a fan, they played all the songs they needed to play. Yes. Like they really focused on the albums everybody loves and only briefly delved into the albums that people don't. So <laughs> they know where their bread is buttered. Speaking of buttered bread. Um, I also watched on I believe the last one I watched was Sunday. I watched Beba Doobie. It was really fun to say. And also I really enjoyed their set. Well, less lesser known. Um, they most recently put a record out uh, with the 1975's Matt Healy, um, an EP last year. Mm -hmm. She likes to do like kind of 90s influenced pop. Um, I really like her, and uh, they totally her guitarist like totally shreds, and it was a really really fun show. A um, little lesser known though, so check out Biba Dooley if you end up having a set slot free. <laughs> and no one will be there because it was very sparsely populated then too so yep you want to escape and go to a little bit a little bit smaller of a so i will smaller report back next week with my yes. in-person thoughts of the total yeah. weekend too so look forward to that in the meantime in the meantime let's continue it. on with video games yes and we start with new releases so you can now play the Stanley Parable, colon, Ultra Deluxe. Yeah, on everything. Everywhere, everything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you missed this from 2015, I want to say, yeah. this is a narrative-driven first-person adventure game, and uh, it was pretty uh, critically acclaimed when it came out. It seemed to have a unique sense of humor and a unique approach to that kind of first-person game. I haven't played it yet, so this actually might be my chance to try it out. Um, I've only seen people play this game. Yeah, I've heard good things, though. Good things. They do a lot of fun things with narrative and breaking fourth wall 
So I think uh, Stephen Merchant is the narrator. Yes, I want to say you're right. Um, so yeah, I, that's name you probably haven't heard in a long time. In a while. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it seems fun. Uh, we also have Vampire: colon, The Masquerade dash Blood Hunt. Yes. For the PS5, it's already came out on the PS4. This is the PS5 version. Yeah, I believe this is the multiplayer game, the online multiplayer game based in the Vampire the Masquerade universe. It also, wasn't very good. <laughs> no. So this one probably isn't either. <laughs> but also, has it been a year already? Because Bug Snacks is coming everywhere now for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and the Switch. Fun fact. licensing deals up. It's been longer than that, because if you recall, Bug Snacks with a PS5 launch game, game, which means November of 2020. So it's been over a year. Um, so yeah, Xbox players will finally get to get their hands on some bug snacks. What are we talking about? We're talking about bug no snacks. So um, also, I believe it's coming to Game Pass. So if you have Xbox Game Pass or PC Game Pass, you can try bug snacks. So I'm probably going to try bug snacks before next week if I carve out some time. Speaking oh, of not played on the PS5. No, I never did. Uh, they, oh. I missed the window. I didn't own a PS5 when uh, they did the free week. Well, and I also forgot. Later. I forgot to pull the trigger that week so, uh, or that month when it was available. So I still have not played Bug Snacks. I might play some Bug Snacks. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Also, but I will talk about next week. I'm finally getting a copy of Wonderland's Tiny Tina's Wonderland's in the mail. Um, it is on its way. That reminded me. I needed to put RCS in the mail. Um, Gamefly, unfortunately, uh, whatever my luck is with Switch games is bad because they lost Kirby in the mail, <laughs> just like they did with Metroid. So I had to do another customer service report. But I'm pretty sure after I play Wonderlands, I might call it on Gamefly for a hot second until there's something else. I might just stop right. because I'm sick of having to report these customer service things because somebody keeps stealing maybe my Switch games. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, but that means I will eventually have to actually finish Horizon. Or maybe I'll just buy it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it still might, a good game. I'm it might not be worth the $44. I'm trying to it. finish Horizon. That's <laughs> yeah. just how big that game is. Yeah. Um, we also have Rogue Legacy 2 for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Yep. And... Yes. Nintendo Switch Sports. Finally. For the Switch. We will definitely be talking about this next week. I will absolutely pay the full price for this because I know we're going to play it a lot. <laughs> because <laughs> if it's anything like Wii Sports, it's going to be really fun. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to giving this a shot. Yeah, my only thing is that if I get it this week, probably won't have time to play it. Yeah. I might wait a week, but... You, you might not, no, but I'll try to fit that in along with... God, so many other games. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but yeah. Sports, they're back. Yep, you get all the sports, all the Wii motion controls yeah. uh, built into the Switch. Uh, oh yeah, plus you can use that um, band, the, the leg band, if you have... Yes, uh, if you already have it from... Ring Fit Adventure, then you can already use it in the soccer mode. Yep. All right. Any, I think that's it for new releases. Yep. 
So let's get into game bits. So we briefly mentioned that Bug Snacks was available via PS Plus. Yep. And now that new PS, we have uh, talked about the new PS Plus, how it would be getting an upgrade to the different tiers. Yes. We finally have a release date on that. Uh-huh. June 13th. Yeah, June 13th will be the launch of the three-layered tiers. The three-layer burrito, I like to call the new PlayStation Plus. So uh, look forward to the next few weeks, I guess, for them to actually break down what's going to be in those game-wise. Uh, yep. Um, this also means that your paid subscription will fluctuate. Yes. Depending if where you are paying currently. Yeah, I believe if you have PlayStation now, you will be uh, rolled into one of these new plans. If you're only paying for base level PlayStation uh, Plus, you will not see any change. Uh, your existing stuff, your existing perks will continue. <laughs> Correct. Uh, let's see here. We also have a release date for Splatoon 3. Yes. We released on September 9th. Yeah, finally. Finally, after uh, kind of a while since its announcement, uh, not knowing exactly when besides summer 2022. Now we know, uh, late summer, but still uh, September. So uh, yeah, look forward to that. Um, also, Gearbox, uh, speaking of Tiny Tina, has yes. decided to develop a new Tales from the Borderlands game. Yes. Which I thought had died. So yeah, you're right to think that because Tales of the Borderlands was one of the many Telltale games that ended when Telltale went out of business uh, after some chaos in their studios. The Telltale brand was re-revived of a sort and is doing some game publishing, uh, but this is not part of that. This is Gearbox basically taking their own IP back and being like, we're going to make a game ourselves in the same style as those Tales from the Borderlands games. Seems like fans of Tales from the Borderlands are split by this. Some are happy to see it come back, but there's a lot of mistrust around Gearbox and whether or not they can actually write a script good enough to warrant the Tales name coming back. Because uh, those games were very highly regarded when they were released. A lot of people really like those Tales from the Borderlands games. I believe I started the first one and didn't it bounced right off of it. I did not give that series a chance. I think we got through two episodes. Okay. And then stopped. But yeah, people who like them really, really do. So yeah, good to know. Also, note about Gearbox, this is not part of the um of this bit, but I just want to mention it because I did see it earlier today. Uh the owner of Gearbox, the Embracer Group, who loves to embrace everyone recently embraced the MMO company Perfect World. You may have heard of them because they publish a lot of like Korean and Chinese MMOs for the US market. Uh, And they're renaming Perfect World to Gearbox Publishing. I guess meaning that the Gearbox brand is now being expanded by the Embracer group to other companies now. So yeah, uh, look forward to the next a uh, Chinese MMO you play to be produced by Gearbox. <laughs> uh, MMO Borderlands? Like, no, Borderlands probably not. MMO. <laughs> I can't imagine that this changes anything with the IPs that Gearbox owns. I imagine this is just a more noticeable name for a company's name that maybe a lot of people here in the US, I guess, besides my weird ass, knows about. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? 
right. Um, other video game news. Uh, they announced Sonic Origins, which is a new yes. compilation of Sonic games due out in June. Yeah, this one have a lot of the original Sonic games. Um, I guess this is capitalizing on the recent popularity of Sonic, especially after Sonic Mania's success and, of course, the success of the two Sonic Hit the Hedgehog movies. So this is basically like saying to all of the new generation of Sonic fans, hey, these were the how it started. This is the origins, literally, of Sonic franchise. Here, kid, play this. So yeah, uh, look forward to that. It seems like there's going to be a lot of cool um, hidden secrets and stuff and lockable material inside this game. So Sonic fans should have a good time. All the uh, art piece, artworks, behind the scenes stuff. Seems like that's their packet full of that stuff. So those are always packaged together with compilations and kind of. Like They're pretty good stuff. with the Sonic. Sega is pretty good with that stuff. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, speaking of things that are not so good though, <laughs> Halo. Yes, that Halo. The original composers, Marty O'Donnell and Mike Salvatore, have reportedly settled a long-running dispute with Microsoft over alleged unpaid royalties. So yeah, this is actually good news if you're Marty O'Donnell or Mike Salvatore. They've been kind of fighting this battle ever since around the time where uh, 343 took over the Halo franchise. Because that was around the time that they stopped producing music for the Halo games when the, the Bungie uh, sale happened. So yeah, this has been a long time coming, as the news story says, and they're finally getting paid out for Microsoft. I would bet Microsoft was just done paying the court fees for these for this to happen over and over and over again, and they weren't relenting. So uh, yeah, good to see Marty get paid. Marty O'Donnell, of course, also went on to. Um, Work continue his work with Bungie and did uh, compose a lot of the music for Destiny as well. So uh, he's of course the man responsible for the uh, famous uh, Halo uh, chant uh, that opens every Halo game. The oh. yeah, that that's a Mario O'Donnell joint. So you know you owe it to him for the original uh, Halo store so score store. <laughs> so so there you go. Good to see him paid. Yep. Good to see money went where it was supposed to. Pay those royalties. Uh, let's see here. We also have, oops, called it delayed. Xeno Chronicles 3. <laughs> um, shocker, but not shocked. Delayed <laughs> to July, so only a couple months. Yeah. Only a couple months. It seems like this is uh, Nintendo's way of being like, getting out in front of their new uh, spring and summer lineup. I guess they probably had to move things around because of the continued delay of Advance Wars Reboot Camp, which still hasn't seen a release and still we don't know when it's coming out. So yeah, uh, we'll have a one-two punch a little bit in the summer here. Uh, we'll have Xenoblade Chronicles and then Splatoon just a few months apart. So good news. And then of course, as we mentioned last week, the big Switch release that got pushed back was Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah. So as far as we know, the big release at the end of the year is just Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, that we know of so far. That we know of so far. They may still have stuff to announce. I doubt Prime 4, Metroid Prime 4 makes it this year. That'll probably be next year if I had to guess. So yeah, that's what we know so far. Yep, uh, let's see here. We also have, oh, 
Sega has greenlit a new Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio reboot, um, taking cues from Fortnite. Yeah, so that's kind of the weird twist on this story. Because a lot of Sega fans are probably like, oh shit, I love those games. I love my Dreamcast. Well, don't get too excited because it seems like this is part of an initiative that they started last year that is about creating what they refer to as super mega games or something like that. And what that means is they want to chase that Fortnite money. They want something big, um, maybe even free to play or something along those lines, something with online connectivity, something that creates a community around it. And these are two names that they've recently thrown out to be like, yeah, we want games in these universes, these series to do similar things. I don't know how the hell you make a Fortnite-esque game out of either Crazy Taxi or Jet Set Radio. I think but, just a bunch of people, wait, no. You have a bunch of people driving around, crashing into each other. You've just recreated Twisted Metal. Yeah, kind of uh, combined with Burnout uh, Paradise. Yeah, and um, guns, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Crazy Taxi is weird, especially in 2022. They should just make a deal with Uber and make it an Uber game at this point. <laughs> uh, just at radio makes a little bit more sense to me because you could have a big open world where you can have a lot of, like, co-op tagging and skating. I could see it working in theory. Would you call it Crazy Uber? I, I think I would call that game Crazy Uber. Because you want to keep kind of like the crazy... Yeah, you want to keep, call it Uber Taxi, right? But here's the ultimate question, though. Do you get a new song by The Offspring to open it? <laughs> because that's the thing with Crazy Taxi. Well, you know the answer to that, right? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> perfect. Thank you. Perfect, perfect, perfect slam dunk. I just laid, laid it up for you. Anyways. Anyways, uh, last bit <laughs> of video game news. Microsoft is reportedly exploring integrating ads into free-to-play games. Uh, and look, look at that circle. We've wrapped all the way back around to just mobile games. Well, no, what we also have wrapped back around to is 2006. Because let me tell you a little, let me get on my old, old man gamer uh, a rocking chair here. This is not the first time Microsoft has done this. Let me tell you about a little game called Crackdown. Uh, when Crackdown was first announced, one of the big things about it was that Microsoft was going to work with an advertising company called Massive to put ads in the game in real time. And how these showed up were on billboards. So for a while, if you played the original Crackdown at the time of release, there was ads all over this, all over the open world for not an in-game dodge, dodge vehicle, but a real-world Dodge vehicle that you could buy. There were Dodge ads everywhere. All the cars were Dodges. This was a deal that they made to advertise in the game. One thing that has changed over the last over 15 years is, though, is that now they're saying that they want to do this to support free-to-play games. So this is not exactly the same approach. Back then it was buy a $60 game and also we advertise to you. Important to note that Crackdown was not the only game to be part of this initiative. If you played Rainbow Six Vegas around the time of the Xbox 360 launch, or a year into the launch, I think that was an 06 game, it also had copious advertisements on billboards and stuff. So this is not new. 
what they're doing has happened before, even on Xbox consoles. But the way that they're talking about it now, you're right, does closely resemble the mobile model and what they're already doing with some of their free-to-play uh, PC games, like the Microsoft Solitaire Collection. I would guess that this is probably closer to that. Um, so yeah, um, get ready to see, uh, to have to skip ad on a game, uh, free-to-play game very you soon. Already paid for, I don't know, yeah. free-to-play games. Yeah, free-to-play games this time, thank God. But yeah, I'm just wanted to give that little history lesson for those of you who missed out on the early 360 and when, when Microsoft already had this idea. <laughs> so yeah, history repeats itself. As it does. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you play anything? Uh, I mean, just the show. Um, I got my closing pitcher back to the big leagues again. Um, since I had to start from scratch again from the twenty from the beginning of twenty two, uh, yeah. So he's a big league closer again. Almost made it to the World Series. Got to the playoffs, and then the Blue Jays beat us. Oh, Vladdy Junior. Vladdy Junior hit a homer off of me um, in in when I in the ninth, and it went badly. Um, so, but I got us to the I got us to the doorstep, and I'm ready for the that exact scenario to play. In real life this year. <laughs> I can see that happening. I can see that exact scenario happening. We get all the way to the first round and then yeah, and then Vladdy Jr. hits a Vladdy hits, Jr. channels Vladdy Daddy. Hits energy. something against Patrick Sandoval or something. <laughs> I bet it happened. I what I will put money down that, that will probably happen. <laughs> but anyway, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That's all I play. Um, I, like I said, I'll put, try to dip my toes into those things next week. So I should have games to talk about next time. So I've been kind of playing a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn continuously, like here and there, like an hour here, hour there. Forbidden West? Yeah, Forbidden West. <laughs> uh, but Kirby's been sucking a lot of my time. Kirby's good. Kirby's good. It's like a lot of time, especially because like, I can play it without the TV. Yeah. I need so, to go like, back. I've been watching the Coachella streams, yeah. playing. I've been watching the MLB games, playing. Um, oh, CMTs were the other, I think, last week, playing. Yeah. Okay. I need to go back to Kirby. I am about halfway. I need to go ahead and finish it. Um, well, I'm you know, well, to the second island. I was surprised it was the second island. You're in the second, you're in the second world? Yeah. So that's a water one, right? The beachy. No, no, the second island. Spoilers? No, because I know I'm further than you. Are you? I think so. Are you? <laughs> Pretty sure. Did Last you... time you said you were only on the, you were still in the first world. Oh yeah, I flew <laughs> by that a while ago. So um, you did the beachy area. You did the uh, carnival. At the beach. Sort of theme I, did, park. I did the amusement carnival. You did the snow world. I did the snow world? Okay. I did the uh, carnival after the snow world. Yeah. I beat um, Waddle D. No, not Waddle D. Uh, D King D D D. Oh, okay. So you are further than me, though. Oh, and sorry. That's, 
So you haven't beaten King DDD yet? I have not gotten to King DDD yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, well, you're, you did pass me. Oh, I, yeah. I'm like four levels past, four levels past. <laughs> you got to catch up now. Yeah, I know. I need to get back to it. It's just, yeah, like I said, when the show came out, I was like, this and is probably all I'm going to play because I don't have much, as much time as I did. Because you know when, when I played video games? After work. You know what happens now after work? Baseball. Baseball. And so I'm watching those games instead. But I you're know, right. You brought up a good point. I forgot. I can take the switch off of this thing and I can exactly. play that. I don't know why I keep forgetting that that's a thing I can do. That's a thing you can do. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get more Kirby in that way. That's how I get my Kirby in. It's four <laughs> hours of just watching baseball and Kirby. Yep. Baseball and Kirby. Speaking yep. of baseball, let's yeah. roll that right into television. Yes, let's do that. And we only start television with the sports corner. I'm going to point at my hat and you can point behind you. Um, this week in sports, the NFL draft will take place this coming Thursday. So get ready for that business. Yes, and get ready for a lot of who's who of players. Yes. Because not a whole lot of quarterbacks and not a whole lot of uh, like skilled talent. This is going to be a defensive and line fan. And a defensive and offensive line heavy um, draft this year. Ah, okay. So this, so typically you get years where you're trying to bolster your stars, your star power. Mm-hmm. No, this is bolstering your foundation year. Right, right, right. Next year is going to be your star year. <laughs> well, so bolster your foundation like now, so when your good skills players who come in next year. <laughs> They're not going to be completely like helpless. Hell, I'm getting right. sacked everywhere. I'm getting tackled in the backfield because you guys can't do your job. No, you've had a year of experience. This is that year you get that experience. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're invested in all of the D League, well, get ready. <laughs> your, your hey, favorite. US, leave the USFL's name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot that. Not the new D League. Uh, we'll get to your thoughts about that in a little bit. But first, also in sports this week, in the world of baseball, Miguel Cabrera is just one hit short of 3,000 hits, where when he does so, we'll join 33 other MLB players. So an elite group. Yes, when you consider that some like 200,000 players have played the entire game, <laughs> and only 33 of them have hit over 3,000 hits. Right, it's not, that's not that many. It's more or less a guaranteed Hall of Fame induction right there. Aside from, you know, the accolades and awards and trophies that he's already won. Right. Being the AL MVP and stealing it from Mike Trout because <laughs> America don't know any better. Well, you know, there's no accounting for, war. There's now no accounting for taste. We know that. They don't believe in the war. <laughs> I believe in the war. He's back in the lineup today, by the way. Yeah, he is. Yeah, his hand is all better. So good to they see Trout. thumbs up. Yeah, they gave him the thumbs up. Yes, exactly. It's good to see Trout back on, back on the field today. Anyway, uh, what else do we got here? Let's talk about Tyson Fury. The Gypsy King. Can you say that anymore? I don't think you can say that anymore. He I believe better... he's a good by the Gypsy King. Well, he needs a better name. Then. Well, last I saw <laughs> the article, he was still referring to himself as the Gypsy King. Well, he needs to read an article. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm guessing this is a fighting thing. Yes. Is this UFC? 
um, boxing, heavyweight. Boxing, heavyweight. boxing. Thank you. I had no idea. We'll face off against Dillian. Dillian? Why? Dillian White. Dillian White on um, Saturday at Wembley Stadium in London on ESPN Plus, also available on pay per view for the Boxing Heavyweight Championship. So get ready for to for your friends to spend a lot of money on something that will bore you to death. I don't know. The last two times Tyson Fury fought, actually technically three times, against Deontay Wilder, they went the distance. It was not a boring fight. Those were fight. Those were exciting fights. I guess those were I, big blow fights. I guess. I'm and again, assuming... that was also the time Deontay Wilder came out in like the Black Panther garb and like wearing <laughs> shoulder pads, kind of like a a Power Ranger suit. And then okay. people were saying, "Oh, you tired yourself out. You're wearing this 50 pound garb." Just to walk down the aisle. I mean, they'll do the it. ring. Not a good start, I don't think. No. Um, no, I'm just just speaking to. It seems like when there's a mainstream boxing match the last few years, the feedback after it's over has been like, "Man, what did I like? What, what did I just watch five minutes of? Like, this is so disappointing." I mean, especially when you're just gonna watch the clip like, yeah. either the next day. Or you're gonna watch the, the thing you want to see is the highlight, and they're gonna show that on Sports Center. So just hold your horses. And the cool stuff, you will see it. You won't have to spend extra money for it. Unless you're an idiot like me, and I already have ESPN Plus for some stupid reason, because I was in in, in a brief two weeks where baseball was in limbo and I needed it, and so I watched some college games. I'm still not going to watch this, but I could. Just knowing that I have it, I have the ability to do so. I'm not going to do that. That's all right. You're not that bad of an idiot, because... (laughs) ESPN Plus come next thir- next Tuesday is the finale of Man in the Arena. Ah, yes, the Tom Brady docu series. Yes, the you already announced that the finale will air, will air on Tuesday. Yes, as foretold when he said <laughs> we'll put out the final episode in April. Right. Literally, the last week of April, they're going to put it out. I'm guessing that the last thing they had to wait because the last thing is, oh wait, he's not actually retired. By the way, I'm not done yet. <laughs> I thought this was going to be done. I still got uh, so much in the tank. Some rocky bullshit music starts playing, and he's like, "I'm coming back, baby." And you best something. believe I'm gunning for you. This is actually a good thing that we brought this up because I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Something I've noticed as someone who has ESPN Plus and Disney Plus. Are you perplexed by the fact that they keep adding ESPN Plus programming to Disney Plus? Yes. It's weird, right? It's like they're they're not confident enough in it where they keep every once in a while, they're like, yeah, you can have some of these 30 for 30s. Here you go. Part of me is like, this is just going to be the eventual rollover of Disney Plus and into ESPN Plus. But if they were going to do it, they, but, they why didn't they do it yet? Because they right. can't well, they're doing it internationally with Hotstar. That's the thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's very. I think it's becoming harder and harder for them to actually make a case for ESPN Plus. So this is not helping their case by putting some of the things that you would want on the thing you already have. Oh, uh, we'll talk about that exact same we'll thing in a bit that. here. But anyway. But anyways, uh, hold your horses. In, yeah, hold your horses on that one. But anything else in sports that we absolutely need to talk yes. about? Yes. Speaking of holding your horses. Okay. The running of the Roses of the Kentucky Derby ah, is in two weeks. The first your, weekend in May, which will be May yes. the 7th. Get your drinks on or in your hats. Wait, which one is the? It's the mid julep one, right? It's the Kentucky and your Derby. Big floppy okay. hats. And big floppy hats. So get ready. Kentucky Derby coming. Yes. 
That is a two-minute race that does not need to be bought. <laughs> and also, you don't need to spend any money on. But I think that's just on normal cable, so... Yeah, that's on uh, NBC, <laughs> yes. You don't need to buy pay-per-view to see the horses. Right, you can see those horses. Also, let's be real. Fuck horse racing. It seems like it's pretty messed up. <laughs> anyway! Right, the prize money doesn't go to the horse who actually runs the race. What? It is. <laughs> it's really fucked up. They do those horses. Anyways. Horse racing. Anyway. No, <laughs> We don't have time. <laughs> anyway. Watch Sea Biscuit. Yeah, if you want to get your horse racing, just watch Sea Biscuit. I don't know. Or watch cute PBS shows. We'll talk about My Little Pony. Horses. All right, let's move on uh, into television then. Our first story, I'm so glad that you have this as our first story because it's what I wanted to talk about this week. Yes. Because we have a new story of the disaster streaming service, except with a name you will recognize. So we've talked about Quibi. Yeah. And we yeah. talked about IMDb TV. Yes. Technically, IMDb TV doesn't count because it's just free being rebranded. Right. But yeah, freebie. Yeah, we'll probably talk about its death next next week, probably. I don't know. Uh, but yes, the, the, the time spent on these uh, services seems to get s- smaller and smaller as we have our first one monther in the form of CNN Plus. So here's a story of CNN Plus. Warner Brothers Discovery is making its first cut as an official entity by giving CNN Plus the axe as of April 30th. Inside CNN, the proper CNN, executives were pleased with early progress of the new venture, which two people indicated had nabbed 100,000 to 150,000 subscribers in just a few weeks online. Some executives believe the services was on its way toward meeting first-year goals. Quote, this decision is in line with WBD's broader direct-to-consumer strategy says Chris Licht, the incoming CEO of CNN, in a statement. WBD CEO David Zaslav has been open in the recent past about his desire to combine all of the company's streaming video assets, which also include Discovery Plus and HBO Max, under a single umbrella. CNN Plus employees will be paid for the next 90 days and be given opportunities to explore other positions around the company. So they're not being laid off, they're not being axed. At least they're going to be placed in other places in Atlanta. Um, but here's the question, here's the thing that this story does not say. Also influencing this uh, this uh, decision was the steep drop-off of users of CNN Plus. I even did not though, see the drop-off of so users. Yeah, even though those early numbers seemed promising, apparently mere weeks into its launch, no one was watching it anymore. There were hundreds, I think, of people still, of still uh, daily watching programming on that thing. Here's the problem. There's so much similar content you can get other places. They were trying to make unique programming by marketing it with the big stars that they got to do news adjacent programming. They were trying to do investigative journalism. Right, but here's the thing. If you're looking at the example of how news has been treated on the internet, that stuff also doesn't get eyeballs on it. That like long form reporting, whether it be video or news or uh, articles or written, that's also had a really hard going on the internet over the last decade. So what were they thinking was the hook here? Because that's not it. And the celebrity names weren't the hook. And also 
if you want news, you can get that from CNN without having to be a subscriber to CNN Plus. It wasn't a compelling enough argument for their service. It wasn't doing anything unique. So yeah, it's it. What they should have done was put archive footage everywhere. Maybe yeah. Look something up. If you need to look something up. Um, some of the stuff that I do like that CNN does is like their history of America, what made us building America, mm-hmm. like the history of World War One stuff, like news articles from there that people can use as an archive for CNN Plus. But no, instead they wanted whatever like they wanted celebrity they could get to do a fooch over some stuff. It's like no, there's not. There's so many other thing, other outlets for stuff programming like that. Right. So yeah, I saw that they were trying to get Anson Cooper to do one-hour yeah. live right. stream with a live audience kind of show. Not enough of a hook, and not enough of those hooks. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I was not surprised. I had seen an article last week saying this is doomed. Nobody cares about this thing, and it was only a few weeks old. So I knew that they were going to pull the plug on it sooner than later. But within a month, it's pretty wild. I mean, it did launch literally a week or two before the deal was closed. Yeah, so so here we are, like two weeks after post closure. That yeah, immediately dismantled it. Immediately, like no. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's the saga of CNN Plus. So good to know those employees will be moving doing other things though. So let's move on to our second story about a. Much more successful question mark streaming service because CNN Plus is not the only streaming service to go through the ringer this week with numbers being reported. Netflix is it reportedly in some hot water this week as the streamer reported a quarter one loss in subscribers north of 200,000 with a predicted loss of 2 million or more in quarter two. This marks the first time ever that Netflix has lost subscribers during a quarter in their 10-year history. Netflix said that not accounting for the losses, that's not accounting for the losses of Russia, where the streamer cut services over the country's invasion of Ukraine. It would have added 500,000 subscribers in quarter one without that being the case. So they were still underneath predictions of where they were going to be. Netflix stock closed Tuesday at $348.42 million, uh, or dollars, sorry, not million, dollars a share. In the after-hours trading, the stock fell more than 25% following the quarter one subscriber loss reveal and the projections for deeper loss in quarter two. Netflix shares plummeted to their lowest point since January 2018 as investors reacted to the streamer's first subscriber loss more than a decade. The company shed $54.4 billion in market capitalization overnight, the largest single-day decline in its history. The second biggest drop came in January when it saw $49 billion in market cap shaved off after quarter four subscriber additions came up short. Netflix warned of slowing growth. That's a lot of business jargon to basically say. Basically, over the course of three months, Netflix lost $100 billion in capital. So... There's a lot of people asking why this has happened and trying to figure out what's going on with Netflix internally. I think a lot of things, and I don't think it's one specific thing, but I can think of one big thing that Netflix is probably putting the blame on, and it's two words. It's got a Disney and it's got a plus in it. I think that they are eating Netflix's lunch and it's only getting worse for Netflix. 
they have they they think that they can pull off a squid game every quarter. And the reality is, is they can't. They can't make deals consistently with original programming or imported programming in this case to bring in the viewership that they want. I'm getting a I'm getting a, a hand waving. Somebody wants to say yes. Something. I know why. You know why? Why? Yeah, because they canceled the Babysitters Club. <laughs> that was going to be my second point. That was also, my second. That's what I was going to say. Is that yeah. they bring in these shows and they cancel them too early. I yeah. tend to get a base and they tend to get people watching them. They cancel after two to three seasons. Well, they are shows gonna, that are long yeah. for, that keep going long term are the animated shows because they're <laughs> cheap to make. We'll get there because that's point three. I don't know if you saw that wrinkle to this. But before I get there, uh, point two is along those lines is they're having the Starbucks problem or the subway problem, which is they expanded too quickly. They spent too much money on getting more shows, more programming lined up that now when it's time to actually put up or shut up, they have nothing to put up. And like you said, they canceled a bunch of stuff because it didn't hit internal projections when they should have a lot of base hits instead of just going for home runs the whole time. The third point, and I'm glad you brought up the, the animation stuff, they're now already moving on to cost reduction mode. And part of that cost reduction mode is they have completely obliterated their animated schedule. They are eliminating all in-house animated productions as of this year. That was the big bomb, I guess, dropped earlier today. So animated animation Twitter kind of went on about like, wow, this is brutal. Because there is a lot of projects in the works, including the animated adaptation of the uh, comic series Bone, which has been working behind the scenes since 2018 at Netflix. That's no longer happening. Um, future seasons now of existing animated shows at Netflix are now in jeopardy, including beloved ones like Hilda. Um, so who knows what's going to happen they do say that they still intend on bringing over imported animated shows that they do not produce themselves but anything with the Netflix Studios branding animation wise seems like its days are numbered I mean what did they expect so between the I don't want to say between the three big ones because HBO is kind of like its own thing, and they're going to merge with Discovery Plus. And once yeah. that happens, they're going to be their own big giants. Yeah. But between the three big streamers of content of Netflix, Disney Plus, and Apple Plus, your kids are going to go to Disney Plus. They pretty much have <laughs> kids, families locked down. Plus Marvel, plus Star Wars, you can't compete. Don't try. Apple Plus is Apple TV Plus is where all your Hollywood wants to go. They're the streamer stuff. They're the, I'm I'm the name. I can run this show because I want a project for myself. Yeah, slightly vanity, but also extra creativity because these are known producers, known directors who want to make passion projects. Right. Netflix <laughs> is the bargain bin Walmart. We'll take anything you got and hopefully it sticks. That's why you see these, they call them up and coming actors, but really they're just the struggling actors. They're, they're the first time actors. They're the, I've been in bits and shorts and this is my first lead role here. And they're trying to get to find those diamonds in the rough. 
Netflix can afford that because they have the constant stream of income. But for how long? Stream. But how long did that last? And that's what's happening now. Two million subscribers. We are seeing the first dents in the armor right now is what's happening. And that's why investors are freaking out because the standard bearer of streaming is now finally showing its weaknesses. And the competitors are taking advantage of that. The competitors are out here now doing really well, especially Disney. And so it's going to be harder for Netflix. Netflix basically needs to use this moment and redefine who they are. They need to find an identity and they need to find it quick because if they don't, they're going to be the blockbuster of the streaming world. The company that did it first, that's going to get forgotten by the new, new thing. It's done, they're, they're now old news. They've been here for a decade and they need to prove themselves worthy of staying around or else they're going to just keep having their lunch eaten. Well, uh, 2017, so 15 years. In yeah. 15 years, what is your tentpole at this point? <laughs> yeah. It's no longer a house of cards. We don't know. Stranger Things is gone away. It's no longer Orange is the New Black. All that stuff is over and all those creatives left for other other uh, things. Like, the, the, like I said, Squid Game is the last huge success they had. And it's not even their show. Right, even Bridgerton, which had big success last year, really took a doesn't hit. Have, took a big hit yeah. this year. So it's not where they announced that they want to bring back Reggae John Paul for yeah. the third season, even though his character in the books has nothing to do. Yeah. But in the meantime, they don't seem to have learned any lessons quite yet because I also saw that the reported budget for season three of Stranger Things, season four or three, I don't remember what four. season they're on, four, is they're still super expensive. It's still like $30 million an episode. Mm -hmm. That's that's just paying, like that's spending money ridiculously for a thing that's not even going to be surefire hit. They just are beg betting on the name Stranger Things to bring people back. It's the Game of Thrones problem where <laughs> it as soon as that's over, it's going to be out of the colorful zeitgeist and you've ruined the show. Yeah, You've ruined what made it special. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I think that my opinion is, is that Netflix has to rebrand. This is when, this is when, this is the time where they really have to think about what they want to be going forward, regardless of what their past was. They cannot keep existing with the model that they are currently on. And we've seen that kind of shift because they've been doing yeah. a lot more reality TV, like Love is yeah. Blind, like The Ultimate. They've been doing a lot more interactive stuff like Bandersnatch, like the um, daily, daily trivia, trivia quest, trivia quest, which that's um, animated. That's I wonder if we uh, see like play or die too on Netflix yeah. or something. I wonder if we see more of that one because it's animated. The trivia quest, right? <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Choose or die. That's the thing. Um, they even have like new stuff, like um, well, what was it uh, Russian Doll premiering this week? Oh. Right, geez, I forgot, I forgot that. Yeah, still was around. <laughs> yeah, there's stuff that they've been playing with and toying with, but they need to make a decision of where they want to go. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll keep an eye out on Netflix. Of course, we will because we're the Media Vote podcast. It's practically the only thing we talk about. Uh, we talk about it at least once a month. Yeah, this at least. Is the one time a month. At least. Uh, but in the meantime, you were keeping your eyes on the field. Because you're enjoy, enjoying some football in April? 
Yes, spring has sprung, and so has the spring league, the USFL. Welcome back uh, after a 30-year hiatus, 35-year <laughs> hiatus. Welcome back. Um, and the USFL, as reported last week, lots of cameras, lots of action. And the biggest thing I can say after watching it is I don't think Mike McClears is a good idea in the middle of the game. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Turns out Mike Clears, they're going to be on hot mics. Yes. When that happens, they're going to be very into the game, very unaware that they're hyped, that they're mic'd up. Uh-huh. Which is good. That's kind of how you want. Unfortunately, when you play it on network on a te- te- network television, you're going to get censored. You're going to get bleeped. And what happens is that not only are you bleeping the player audio, you're also bleeping the announcer audio. Yeah. So there'll be chunks where after the play happens of just dead silence because you can't <laughs> air all the curse words they're saying to each other. Oh. And you can't air, and thus you're not airing what the announcers are saying about the play, about what's happening. Just seems like a bad idea. Oh, it, I mean, it's a good idea in theory, but as soon as you start like putting it into practice with actual people and how they actually talk in the middle of games, then you hit the big problem. Like, unless you can say, like, you somewhere on the contract of, regulating their speech during game time because they're mic'd. I don't know if you can do that, but... It's not going to work. not going to work. No. I did enjoy all the drone footage. I did enjoy that uh, flying around. I did, however, see some stuff, very positive stuff about the drone cameras. Yeah, that's what I uh, was trying to get to. Um, That was actually one of the positive things that did come out of this. Very crisp, um, very flying around, getting close, but not too close. <laughs> very flying small. around. <laughs> yeah, uh, like having the drone footage actually made it feel more <laughs> invested in the game. That being said, word of caution for those uh, drones, not from like flying around, but rather from the whiplash you'll get from flying around. I'm talking like motion sickness is it worth it is the payoff I'm, maybe sometimes it is mm-hmm. um but i don't know how much it is like during like the replays and stuff but the helmet cams i also really liked but the same kind of issue of you're you know you're gonna run into a tackle eventually so you're trying to figure out where it's coming from and then boom you go from here to here yeah I like the idea. I like the concept. I like it in theory. Just in practice, it's very rough. They, this might just been because it's the first game of the season, first weekend. I hope they fixed some of those bugs for the second weekend. Yeah, I don't know. But it's tough to say. I wouldn't put my money on it, is what I would say. Oh, speaking of money, that's <laughs> also where they didn't put it. In the stands, because it was empty. Ooh. Do not show the stands. If you can't fill your stadium, you got a problem. Now, it doesn't help that this is all taking place in Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> which is very hard to get to in and of itself. It's not like a big major city where you can just bring in people from the metropolitan area. Yeah. So they're pretty much counting on broadcasting rights and to get eyes on the USFL. 
but do you think it's a good enough time to watch that people will actually watch it? No. <laughs> and that might be a little more, more difficult for them to do there too then. Well, see, the difficulty isn't in like watching it and the production value. The difficulty is in the skill level. Because when you have a quarterback go for two for 18 and win the game, means you can make two passes out of 18 tries for 60 yards and somehow you guys still end up winning the game. That's more dropped passes than there are catches. That's yeah. That's it's bad football, especially when you constantly see them being overthrown, underthrown. Just it. I mean, you can blame the quarterbacks because they're not your expect. So even if you write with my tempered expectations, it was very, very bad football to watch. I mean, I don't want to surprise anybody here, but I feel like this is the story every single time there's a league that's not the NFL. This happens. Your expectation is it's going to be the NFL, but it's not. And it never is because we have the expectation, like you said, for the level of the talent to be here. But if you're not playing professional football all the time, you're not going to be up here. You're going to be down here. So the, the American populace watching football wants this. They're always going to get this. They're never going to get this. It's never going to be this unless you grab, unless you're poaching players. And because of contractual agreements, like you said last week, they can't do that. Right. I mean, what I would like to see is whoever wins this league um, to play whoever lost the NFL. And they just start swapping in and out teams. Yeah. Because like if, like if your best team can beat their worst team, why can't they become your new worst team or compete on that level? Yeah. I mean, that's what soccer does in the in the European League. Doesn't, I mean, maybe that's how they get involved. But you're going to have to make a deal with the NFL to make that happen. And I don't see that happening. Yeah, maybe not. Well, it exists. It and exists. it's there if you want it, I guess. And maybe they'll get better. Yep. And that's a Did big name. Do you watch anything else? Uh, finished uh, close enough. I guess I'll wait another week for you to catch up on it. <laughs> to talk about it properly. Yes. Again, thank you for reminding me. I need to watch close enough. I need to like... You need to like do, put, to tie a string around your finger or give yourself a sticky note on your forehead or something. Whatever you need, because you need to watch it <laughs> so we can actually talk about it. Anyways. Um, it, just, it never popped up on my feed. <laughs> well, this is me popping up on your feed to tell you about it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, nothing else. Right, really this week. I'm, I'm going to start close enough now. Do it. So that way it says, hey, you still need to finish watching close enough. Yeah, do it. All right. Then if there's nothing else to talk about with television, let's move on into cancellations and renewals. All right. What am I no longer watching? Well, Disney Plus thinks you're not done with the Proud Family. So they are bringing back the reboot for a second season. So the Proud Family, louder and prouder, will continue. Well-deserved season two. Yeah. Netflix will end Ultraman after a third season. Netflix has renewed, at least for now, Big Mouth for a seventh season. 
We will see if it goes beyond that. Judging by current news, I would say no. Netflix is bringing back human resources for a second season. The ABC has inexplicably renewed the Goldbergs for a 10th season, even though the writing seemed like it was on the wall for this thing to end, considering that they had to edit out Jeff Garland out of several episodes. And the grandpa uh, died. Right, yep, and they already had to do yeah, that. Yeah, it all. Yeah, so it's, I don't know why. I don't know why they're doing this. ABC must be desperate for shows. That's so the they have added elementary. And yet, and yet here we are. The Goldberg still continues. Anyways, um, also, uh, so that's it for cancellations renewals. We also have a couple, a few deaths here. A couple from the uh, National Hockey, <coughs> the NHL Hall of Fame. Mike Bossy, age 65, played for the New York Islanders, a four-time Stanley Cup champion. Guy Lafleur, age 70, played for the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Rangers, a five times Stanley Cup champion. So some hockey greats lost this week. Mm-hmm. And we also have Robert Morse, not a hockey player, age 90, an actor, was in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, True, Mad Men, won two Tonys, one in 1962 and the other in 1990. Okay, let's move on out of television into movies. And we always start the movie section with the weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie, not too surprisingly, is Fantastic Beasts, colon, The Secrets of Dumbledore, but to the tune of 42 million, which is now the record for the lowest first weekend debut of any wizard, wizard, Wizarding World film. So it's a new low. Yeah, um, put in the white flag. Yeah. That's done. Uh, Warner, I believe the statement that they made after uh, these numbers were announced were that they are holding off on produce uh, production for future Fantastic Beasts films until they see the numbers continue and where it goes. So you're probably right. It's done. Put a fork in it. It's done. Good thing we got that Harry Potter video game. Uh, yeah, we'll see how that does. Number two, Sonic the Hedgehog in its second weekend with 29 million. That's at 118 domestic. Number three, The Lost City, 6.2 million. That's at 78 domestic. Number four, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which we'll talk about again in a moment, $6.1 million. That's at 17 million. And yeah, Father Stew with $5.4 million in its debut. So, so that's your top five. I guess $5 million is the strength Mark Wahlberg can hold. Here's what I found. <laughs> See what I was talking his about? name alone. Yeah, I guess so. That's about it. About how much he's worth. This weekend, we have... Uh, oh, well, like we talked about last week, The Northman, The Bad Guys, and The Unbearable Weight of Malice, Massive Talent are your three releases this week. So either go to the kids' movie or go see Nicolas Cage be Nicolas Cage. Those seem to be your options. Then next week, we have something called Memory. Not to be confused with Cat's Memory of the same <laughs> name. No. Uh, memory is your only wide release. Yeah. It is another Liam Neeson action thriller. Aha, got it. Because those come out every six months now. 
Yeah. But this one stars <laughs> Ray Stevenson and Guy Pierce. Got it. All right. And Monica Bellucci. So they have them. Thank you. They got it. All right. Moving on into movie news. This week in Sigh. <laughs> this week in Heavy Sigh, also known as This Week in Always Question Your Idols. Never, never, never like idolize one person. Yeah, never, never put anybody on too high on a pedestal. We got to talk about Bill Murray. Complaints made against the actor have halted production on the upcoming Being Mortal film. It is unknown at the time what Murray's involvement in that project will be going forward as the investigation remains active. Insiders add that Aziz Ansari, someone else who has gone through a similar rigmarole, who is starring, writing, and making his directorial debut on the film alongside his partner, Duray Henley, was not a part of this complaint, nor was co-star Seth Rogen. The complaint was filed last week, production was halted on Monday, and a decision ultimately was made to suspend production going forward as the investigation continues and next steps are decided on. Principal photography had stated or started on March 28th, and sources say it was halfway through before the production halted this week. So are you aware of what specifically the allegations were? They specifically did not say what the allegations were. Got it. But right. if I had to guess, this may be similar to what happened with Jeff Garland on the Goldbergs. On yeah. The Goldbergs. I would imagine. Um, yeah. All I saw was it may have been related to treatment of certain staff members mm -hmm. uh, by Bill Murray. Didn't necessarily say what was involved in that treatment. But if you're making, if you're telling somebody higher up about that, it must be a pretty big deal. So... I would assume I would I would probably choose to believe this person that if he's making somebody uncomfortable on set, then that needs to be dealt with, and an investigation absolutely should happen. So we'll see what this means for the movie. We'll see what this means for Bill Murray going forward. We'll see if he makes any comment about it. We'll see if Aziz Ansari says anything about it. My money is that says that he will not, or more likely, maybe Seth Rogen speaks about this at some point. He seems like he has a pretty good track record of speaking on these kind of things. It would be very strange to me if he stayed quiet this time. It is weird <laughs> that in the article it mentions Aziz Ansari and Seth Rogen by name. Oh, yeah. I absolutely think you have to in this situation because those are big names, especially Aziz. He would, like I said, he would know something about having similar allegations being thrown at him. If this is where, uh, but it has been noted around Hollywood that Bill Murray, especially in these past several years, yes, can be somewhat of a how, how do I politely <laughs> put an ass to work with? Yeah, well, that's the thing is, I think something that's been happening, and it's a good thing this has been happening finally over the last 10 years, finally, is all those actors that have always had a or directors, especially directors who have had that reputation of being difficult to deal with we're actually finally hearing the stories of why mm -hmm. and as we're learning those things it's actually like oh that was code for harassment they were all saying we all know this very open secret about this man and now we're telling you exactly why it's just that in the 80s we couldn't say in the 80s it was like they were too powerful 
we could never actually in the say 80s, you were trusting tabloids and PR yeah. people. But now with the internet, you can get your story out directly yeah. if needed. And I think culturally, uh, we're finally ready to actually listen to what people have to say when they are the victims of harassment or abuse. Yep. And I think that it's really changing how we look at these things. If you're a staff member, if you're an actor, if you're anyone who's being mistreated on a set, you absolutely do not deserve to be treated that way and absolutely should speak up about it. And there absolutely should be investigation and there should be a conclusion that usually should lead to some sort of punishment. It's been ridiculous that we've gone so long in Hollywood without these stories coming out and being treated seriously until now. So, so yeah, um, I don't know. I've gotten weird vibes off of Bill Murray in, in the last decade, and so I feel kind of vindicated by this. I'm like, something's going on with this dude, and I don't know what. You'll not seem pleasant, is what I will say. So, yeah, um, we will keep our eye on the story, and we'll see what happens next. Let's move on. So let's go on to our next story. It's story. one of yeah, it's a story about one of our media boat favorites, AMC Theaters. Hey, remember when people bailed out AMC by giving them all their money? Well, let's get a little update on that. In what it describes as first major broad-scale projector upgrade since the transition to digital, AMC Theaters has signed an agreement with Cineonic. Is that how you say that? Uh Cineonic. Cineonic. See. If I say it cineonic, it sounds like it's made of cinnamon. Right. Like this is like a Cinnabon no, product. Like iconic cinnamon. So it's cinnamon. <laughs> iconic cinnamon. Delicious. Um, <laughs> to install Barco laser projectors in 3,500 of its U.S. auditoriums through 2026. The equipment investment is valued at about $250 million with renovations to its premium large format auditoriums. That includes Dolby Cinema at AMC, Prime at AMC, and Select IMAX at AMC, as well as recent new build openings. The deal has been made through Cineonics Cinema as a Service program, meaning there's a performance-driven service agreement through, through which Cineonic maintains ownership of the equipment. So a little bit of a rental thing uh, happening here as opposed to AMC owning these projectors outright. Probably smart if you're Cineonic which means that you ultimately have make the sh call the shots when it comes to the technology. So um, you, as a, someone who has worked in uh, cinema adjacent um, company, what do you think of this move? Uh, what do you think of this uh, industry-wise? So at this point, everyone should have been moved over to lasers. I'm pretty yeah. surprised if anyone outside of art houses are not on lasers by this point. Right. But what I've been trying to do is dig up um, some footage, trying to do some quick uh, Googling if anywhere James Cameron is involved with <laughs> Cineonic. He's got to be, right? He's like, got to be somewhere. He's on, I'm trying to find it. I know it's there. Either, I know it's got to be there somewhere. Either that or... Don't make this big of an yeah. upgrade to all 3,500 of your auditoriums. If there's not a reason. If there's not a reason. And if a reason would be have, Avatar like, too. The backing of someone big like James Cameron, who, as we know, is coming out with Avatar by the end of the year. Supposedly, I, maybe. So here's the thing, though, is he's either so you're either right, and this is the company that maybe he's doing business with, and maybe he hasn't done his whole PR spiel about it yet. Or here's another option. 
He's in bed with a different laser projection company. And these guys are telling AMC, hey, we'll get you laser projection. We're cheaper than that company. Don't waste your money on that. We'll be able to project Avatar 2 in a similar, if not equivalent, quality without you having to go make a big contract deal with these guys who are going to rip you off. And you may be right, because this deal right now being announced like this mm -hmm. is happening on purpose because this weekend is CinemaCon in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, get so ahead of it. If, if you get AMC, your big whale, saying, hey, AMC, you're like one of the three biggest players in the U.S., we'll snatch you up now, sign this contract now before you are swayed by whatever James Cameron technology has. <laughs> right. Because they're going to show some type of avatar yeah. related like technology it says hey like if you want the best avatar experience go with this projector right. and here by the way here's our showcase and our preview of what avatar 2 is going to look like similar to what they did with 3d 12 years ago <laughs> 15 years ago when Not avatar came out well. in 2009 late 2009 so yeah yeah nearly nearly 13 years ago about 12 years ago Whew. so we'll see what happens i mean i guess we'll keep an eye on cinemacon oh, and see... I, I forgot to put my conspiracy hat oh, yeah, on for right. that but yeah well, those are all just our conspiracy theories going on yeah but we'll see but regardless lasers too yeah i mean <laughs> too much of it lines up to to not be related to to one another it is suspect. I had not thought about the Avatar 2 idea until you brought that up. That's a really good point. Probably why this is happening. All right. With that said... I mean, I mean Iconics was only founded in 2018. It won right. an Innovator Award in 2019, and here we are mm. talking about it now in 2022. Yes, their quick rise. Yeah. So, while Laser Projector can show you a lot of things in a movie theater, you went to a movie theater and saw everything everywhere all at once. How did yes. you manage that? Uh, I managed that by watching a film <laughs> titled Everything yes. Everywhere All at Once. It's just not literally about everything everywhere all at once. Or is it? Oh, okay. All right. I have asked you pre-podcast to keep this spoiler-free. Yes. What I understand a is... a date to go see this film. Yeah, I will. I would call it that. But yes, I have a plan today. I'm seeing. Go see this film. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so without explaining exactly what's happening here, because I understand part of the enjoyment of this film is going into it blind and not knowing. I've heard good things. Um, the rumors of what you have heard are true. Okay. Before I left the theater, as the credits were running, I texted you, you need to see this film. <laughs> right. When I walked out of the theater, I literally called people saying, <laughs> you need to see this film. <laughs> I called my parents on Easter, asking what they were doing. They said they wanted to go to the movies. I told my parents, <laughs> you know my dad, you yeah. need to go see this film. That is the level of hype I have for this film right now. All right. I don't think I can even call it hyping work because I've seen this film. And it's that good. This film was brought to us by 
the Daniels, which is a tag team director, director duo, who previously brought us another type of fantastical, out-of-the-box thinking kind of movie mm-hmm. starring Daniel Radcliffe. I'm talking about Swiss Army Man. Oh, these! this is the Swiss Army Man guy? Yes. I did not know that. I did not realize that either. Okay. Until I like, did some IMDb searching. I was like, okay, what else have you guys done? But oh, I remember watching Swiss Army Man. I also remember thinking that was stupid and goofy and silly, yet had a heartwarming center in the middle. Mm-hmm. And that's more or less kind of their stick is, is it going to be goofy? Is it going to be silly? Is it going to be out there? Your tolerance for how out there it is, uh-huh. your tolerance for how many one-off jokes can they make, will determine how well you like this film. Okay. Think of it as watching... 50 different music videos and getting little pieces of them everywhere because these guys used to be music video directors. So you're getting little pieces of here and there, here and there, of like different music videos, but somehow they all compose together to a solid story, a heartfelt story, a uh, somewhat personal story. That Mm -hmm. is the kind of level of creativity that we're talking about. Okay. And oddly enough, it takes place in probably two of the most boring places you can probably think of. (laughs) A laundromat and the IRS building. (laughs) Wow, okay. That's your setting for this film. That's where most of this takes place. And yet, as boring as both of those may sound, there is a lot done between character interactions. There is a lot done of visual, visual jokes, visual metaphors. There's a lot of intertwining between everything going on that you're I never felt lost it takes everything that we know from cinema language and slowly eases you into this world think of the matrix the first Mm -hmm. matrix in 1999 Mm -hmm. I got vibes of watching what's essentially the the successor of the matrix wow which in 1999, the successor from The Matrix would have been, I want to say, from like Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. And before that, 2001 Space Odyssey. I think that's how that timeline works. Maybe. Yeah, that, that does. Yeah. I think, think that that's kosher. Yeah, 68. Yeah. Yeah, so 68, 77. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if we want to go with 88. Maybe 92 Jurassic Park. Maybe. Uh, okay. Back to the Future. Let's go with that. Maybe no, because that was very technology advanced. Um, but yeah, you know, like every every several years, every ten years, like you get this big leap in ideas and technology. Yeah. While this is a big leap in ideas, it's technically not that big of a leap in technology. Right. As many visual and special effects have gone on here, there's only about like five or six actually credited like supervisors on the special effects team. This is tech. This is a very small budget film, but it also comes from one of our favorite studios, A24. Yeah, it's also produced by some of our, uh, at least my favorite um, producers, directors, the Russo brothers. Oh. Also been cast by the Marvel person in charge of casting, Sarah ha- Sarah Finn Haley. Okay. Yeah, Sarah Haley Finn. So it's got names behind it. Wow. It's good. 
and starred Michelle Young. Or Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, from Crazy Rich Asians, um, Shang-Chi, and uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. She's been around. She's done a lot. This is her basically show, I want to say showing off, but this is someone found a way to use all her acting and martial arts uh, abilities in one film. It's also got Jamie Lee Curtis in there, surprisingly, and Jamie <laughs> Slate show up. So, sure. <laughs> sure. sure, why not? Sure, why not? It is hilarious. I was gut-busting laughing. It had me crying. It was wow. It's an action-paced film, and yet at the center... There's a scene where there are no people and it's just dialogue on a screen and it honestly like makes you tear up. It's good. It's amazing. I I mean I want to time stamp it here on best of the year. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, are you calling it already in April? I might as well just be. This is a <laughs> film that I can see myself buying because it's that good. Excellent. All right. Well, cool. I feel like I already know too much now, and I like, ah, uh, like I'm like, oh, uh, you think that, but yeah, there's but even I more. Don't know. I'm very excited to see. It you have no idea what you're in store for, and even if you do, like, if I could describe to you a scene from it, you'd say, I don't get it. But then when you watch it, it's like, oh my god, I get it. Yeah, it's something like that. Okay, it's but, something that you you literally have to see. And I'm trying to encourage as many people as I can to see this film. Well, I mean, that sounds like a good time. I'm excited to see it. Um, to enable to actually, then once I see it, we'll probably have a spoiler conversation about it because I think that it probably would be a good idea to do something like that. Yeah, but that'll be in uh, two weeks. Yeah, in a couple weeks. So, uh, yeah. So, our last, so our next time we're in person. Right. Next time we'll in person will be this. perfect. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We'll I'm just put a bookmark. Time, so yeah, there you go. We'll put a bookmark in the conversation and we'll Actually, come back well, to this. Uh, by the time we get to that conversation, we'll also, I will also have my thoughts on Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Right. Yes. Which I can talk about back to back with those. Well. All right. Well, well excited before for that. we get to that, we'll have one more episode in between then. Yes. We'll be back next week with another recorded episode. So thank you for joining us. That will do it for movies and we'll do it for the Media Boat podcast. We'll be back, like I said, in recorded form on youtube.com next week. If you want to see that, go to YouTube and search Media Boat Podcast to find our channel. Like, subscribe, leave a message, whatever you want to do on there. You click the bell to get notifications of when we are eventually going to be live again. In the meantime, if you listen to the audio version of the podcast, you can catch that on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Just search Media Boat Podcast on any podcast service you use, and you'll probably pull us up. You can also find um, a couple of extra things there. You can find this past March's um, podcast series of us doing our March Madness bracket, where we can, like narrowed down the best animated Disney film uh, songs down to one song to rule them all. And then we have a special secret new spinoff podcast that I will talk to you briefly about after the end of the podcast that I believe I've gotten a commitment for us to do. So um, that may also appear in the same feed. So look forward to that. 
mystery podcast coming your way. In the meantime, you can listen to all our archived episodes as well as our new episodes of those sources. You can find us on social media. At MediaVoteCast is our Twitter handle. You can find us on Facebook by searching MediaVote Podcast as well. And if you want to email us any questions, comments, any feedback you want to give us, we'll read your emails on the show if you do so at MediaVotePodcast at gmail.com. So that's it from here. We will be reporting from on another Friday recorded a lot next week. Have fun in the desert. Don't get too dehydrated out there. Drink a lot of water. Yep, we'll be good. We'll be back next time um, in mm-hmm. audio format. Yes. But we will be in person very soon. So look out for that. Yeah, for that. In the meantime, you can listen to any of our previously recorded episodes. Yep. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>